Yo, welcome, welcome to the Mouthpiece Wrestling Podcast. With a little bit different because Gio is off sunning himself with his fiance somewhere. I've got two guests. Couldn't just handle just one. So we got them both. We've got Damo and Stratzy. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How exciting. Triple triple threat, huh? I love it. Triple threat, I know. Main event. It would main event many sort of podcasts, but we, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it we, out today. We're the I main think... event of podcasts. I think Love this it. just became the new elite. <laughs> and um, But yeah, so Gio is off having some fun again. I think I pulled the short straw with this partnership, seeing how many holidays that man has. But we won't go into that. Uh, right. That man goes on holiday once a month. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's living the high life, isn't he? High life, bless him. He's Meanwhile, are you allowed... about his draft picks now. Meanwhile, are you allowed out of your house? <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to go to anyone's house. I'm not allowed anyone over. Yeah, and Geo's just flying across the bloody United States. So, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, big week. We had TakeOver, obviously, over the weekend. have to admit that all other wrestling was pretty good. AEW was good. I thought Victory Road was good. Everything's been quite good. But, obviously, I think TakeOver was the bigger event. Um, you guys have a watch. What did you think overall? Very good show, very good show. Um, I watched it in two phases because uh, I didn't realise that it was starting earlier than I expected. Um, but I got there, I got there. That's what's important. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I'd, yeah. I just generally thought sort of the matches, like sort of on offer, were sort of a, a high caliber. There was not really one match where I was just like, okay, that's kind of like the one where you quickly go and get a drink and come back. Kind of, it was definitely one where uh, you sort of had to either watch it again in Demo's case, or you know, obviously making sure you got all the snacks and drinks ready to watch the whole event. So, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And yeah, it's on... funny because I'd always, I thought like the post-COVID takeovers have been, they've been good, but not like takeover levels. But I thought this one was back to very much a normal NXT takeover, high quality stuff. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it from beginning to end, to be fair, and obviously a few. Um, it started with Damian Priest against Johnny Cargano. Um, now a lot of people were like, oh, what's Johnny done to deserve match? And why is Johnny in this match and stuff? Um, but I thought those two were great. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. Like Gargano is, is a big star. And if they're pushing Damian Priest, as I read that they are, fighting someone like Gargano is important, you know? I think people get lost in the, the whole Gargano doesn't deserve it. They forget that he has carried the brand for years and he puts on good match all the time like his best match his worst matches are better than some people's best matches yeah yeah and also you got to think in terms of even just nxt casual say you religiously watch say raw and smackdown watch the odd nxt you obviously know at this point who johnny gargano is so obviously a win obviously over johnny gargano is more sort of makes priest obviously more legitimate moving forward up the card which obviously, as he said, I saw obviously Dave Meltzer said they're really high on Priest, so you'd likely to think that he'll start moving on probably Keith Lee sort of levels of moving up the card in NXT and obviously into the Raw or SmackDown. So, yeah, because yeah. I, I think I think Damian Priest has been amazing. Like, his match with Finn Balor was amazing. His title run so far has been pretty darn good. And for him to be taken as a serious competitor, he needs wins over guys like Johnny Gargano. And that's why I think that match was booked. And it was a hell of a match. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it was, it was, I think it was a little bit weird in moments. I feel like they were 
doing it felt a bit like a Gargano Adam Cole match or something. Um I don't know at times, but like for a big guy, Damian Priest moves around like a madman, you know? Um Yeah, I was really impressed. And uh, obviously Damian Priest has retained. Um hooked him up in the record in to retain. It was really good, as I say. Solid opener. Um and then we moved on to the Kushida Velveteen Dream match. Um <laughs> I did I really enjoyed it because it was a different side to Kushida and I think it made him look really strong but also I think it was quite a good match to in my opinion take Dream away from TV yeah I think he needs to mm. and not because he's poor performer because I think he sold Kushida's aggressive side really really well yeah um I just think, I, from a match point of view, I think this could have worked if they just had Kushida squashing him. Um, but yeah, like it felt like a, a drawn out squash match because it felt like Dream was just getting pounded on and beat up a bit. Um, but yeah, I think Dream needs a break because um, everything I read, like opening of any review was like, oh, I'll, I'll do it here. Dream is scum. You know, yeah. like, and it's like the start of every review. He's not being judged on any wrestling at the moment. Um, and I know this was to show an aggressive side to Kushida. I get that it was a, a Kushida moment. But what's the point in using Dream in that? There's other people they could use to put on a good match like that. Just, I don't know. At the moment, it's it's difficult because um, everyone just hates him. Even though yeah. nothing's been proved guilty. That's what I don't get. Like, they've just... The internet world seems to have been judge, jury, and executioner all at once. Even yeah. though they can't really prove. I mean, it looks bad, but they can't prove it. It, it looks so. bad, but at the same time, like somebody with very little Photoshop skills could do something that made it look like that was a thing. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's innocent. Not saying that he's guilty because we yeah, just exactly, don't know. Because you can't, you can't prove either. To be fair, you know. No. Um, as you say, it, you wouldn't need to have big brains to 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 fake what what was come out um i just don't see the point in booking him like this i don't know it was a very good match I, I feel a little bit sorry for him because he can obviously put on a good match and i mean he really does sell so well, so well. yeah yeah easily one of the best sellers in the whole of WWE, let alone yeah. nxt but like, I think yeah. what you said, yeah, I think the whole of this is all about Kushida's in terms of his personality. He needed to be more than just a quote-unquote technical wrestler. It needed to be and, more of a, a personality exhibition. And I know you're saying, oh, why wouldn't it, shouldn't it be a squash match? But eventually, Dream will come back. Eventually, whatever this break will be, whether it's a month, two months, six months, whatever it be. And you don't want the last image or last thought to be, oh, he just lost in five minutes. I think, there needs to be some credibility mm, still. Yeah, I think another reason that Dream, Darryl, you said about why Dream for the match, why not somebody else? I think it's because Dream is up there on a level with people like Ziggler who they can sell anything and make mm -hmm. anything look better than it is. Not saying that anything that Kushida did wasn't good, but they were always going to get that high level of sell to really push, oh, this is what Kushida can do. Yeah. yeah. And I think and that's why I, Dream... I, mean, I really dig the aggressive side that they showed of Kushida. Um, jumping him after the bell and stuff. And it was, you know, he sold so well. I was uh, There's some Discord chats that I've seen. People actually thought Dream was hurt. Yeah. I mean, you I know, think it helped. It that well. He sold it that well. It, and it helped that he was definitely crying for his mum. <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, did he just ask for his mum? So I rewound and I was like, 
he's definitely asking for his mum here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Um, but it was a really good and, match. And I, the, the thing is, is that you know, as I was saying, it just because it's Velveteen Dream, it's took away from the fact that those two put on a really good match. Yeah. And I'm wondering if having it done that way and having the pain and everything, does it rehumanize Dream? You know, are they trying to say, look, this is he is a person? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, and maybe that's the avenue they take, try and get some sympathy and machine mm-hmm. kicking his teeth in. But it's not kind of worked because people were kind of happy that he may have got hurt, which yeah. is a frustrating yeah. thing. But um, I do, I, as I say, on the other side, I really like this aggressive Kushida. And if that's what we're going to stick with, then I think that's great. Um, then it was the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, I am big, big on Isaiah Swerve Scott. I like Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, I like what Santos Escobar has done as champ. I have to say, I don't think I, I don't think there was ever a thought that Scott was going to win. Um, I don't even think during a match. You know, sometimes during a match, the back and forth start making you think that maybe the champion's going to lose. Um, but these two, I thought, knocked it out of the park. I thought it was it was great. Just the amount right of interference. Um, the finish was a bit weird for me. Um, you know, I don't know. I just uh, yeah. Uh, it did come off a little bit awkward, I thought, the finish after the match they had. But again, I thought just those two could fight forever, in my view. They, they seem to have such good in-ring chemistry. It's been amazing. Yeah, but also I think they can't. Sorry, you go there. I was just going to say, with what you said about you never felt like Swerve was going to win. You always felt it was a retain. Mm. Same, but at the same time, never thought, no, oh, this is an easy win for Escobar. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't have begrudged if they'd gone Swerve wins, and I'd been like, oh, really? But it'd have, you know, it'd have been okay. Yeah, and also, you know, Scott also, like, you know, kicked out, you know, what, the Phantom Drive, I think, three Amigos, Frog Splash. It wasn't just like, okay, that one finisher, that was it kind of gone. It, it did kind of make Scott more the, um, sort of resistible to it that, you know, if you do put him in that situation, you know, give or take a couple of months, maybe a new champion or whatever, you know. I think Scott will win it at some point. I just think that Santos is, is does so well. And I have to say, the rock in the sombrero made me a Santos fan, not going to lie. Uh, coming out with the sombrero, dig it, man. I dig it. Um, but yeah, it was a good back and forth, right amount of interference. Um, they, I think they were trying to put on a match to steal the whole show, I think. I think that's what they were both trying to do, was it kind of gone under the radar that they were on the card. So I think I, it, it felt like they were trying to put on a match to go, hey... You know, we're, we're here. We're on this card too. Um, but I yeah, think... Santos Escobar did retain. Um, and the thing was, is that some of the stuff on TV, if you've seen any of 205 Live and anything else, hasn't been that great, actually. Um, they yeah. were clearly sort of saving themselves for this match because they raised it a huge level. That, that's what I was just going to mention. The stigma, because 205's just not very good. Like, it hasn't been since... Cruiserweight Classic. It's always just been a bit like, mm, okay. It was, you know, it was back end of Raw, it's back end of SmackDown, it's the back end of here. It's now a sub championship on NXT, and I think they sort of saw that match as right. We're on takeover. Let's show that we are at that level as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ashanti the Adonis, what a beast. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really, really pleased like how the match turned out because yeah, I was always a 205 fan, like. Some of the Drew Gulak Championship Reign 205 stuff was just unbelievable. Like, the shows then um, was something else when Gulak was champ. Um, so it's a shame that 205's kind of just become 
bit of a nothing. I think they should just scrap it and leave it all on NXT, you know? Because that was going to yeah. be my question, like, where where do they go next now? You know, what does Escobar do next? And, you know, do they go again, you know, with Scott? Do they find someone else? It's just kind of, that's always the issue, in my opinion, with the Cruiserweights, is that it's always like, okay, well, who's next? In a lot of all the other championships around WWE, you can kind of guess who they're going to go to, or at least who deserves yeah. the next chance. This is the no. one where you kind of who they're going to pluck from their obviously NXT roster at the moment. Yeah, there's no defined standout stars that you think they could. You know, they're they're good for it. They're good for it. He's good for it. Yeah, it's like eh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Bland roster. Yeah, and because two hundred five isn't really a thing, um, it's not really helping the situation at all. Um, yeah, because they're not getting any enough time on NXT. To build any storylines, it's like Stretchy said, they literally just pluck. He'll probably be Tony Nice or something next. They'll just yeah. rotate through that, you know? Um, but no, it was a good match, though. So, uh, very, very pleased with that. And then it was Women's Championship time. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Now, I actually thought that LeRae was going to come off as champ. I did call that I thought Candice was going to win. Um, and obviously, they set the bar quite high because the last time they were at TakeOver... It was like the women's match of the year, I think, for 2019 or something. The match that they put on. Um, didn't reach that level on this one, but still a hell of a wrestling match these two put on. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, the only sort of, not sour note, because I always hate it, it's just, I was trying to wonder, like, was Johnny Gargano's intro, like, influence needed, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that made it sort of a a lesson peg it kind of always puts in the whenever a partner comes rushing out especially when it's a guy in this occasion it's like does that bring Candice LeRae down a little bit like does she need Johnny to win I know that's obviously most of the story but in terms of legitimizing it making it a top tier match compared to what it was last year did Gargano like Johnny Gargano ruin it I, d I don't know when it came to that but I still thought it was a decent match but I agree it wasn't at the levels of what yeah was yeah like previous years they'd yeah. uh yeah, last year, as I say, they put on a massive, massive match. But, I, I mean, it was good. But, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I, d I don't know. The way they did the Gargano thing, running out with a ref shirt, kind of fitted into what they've been doing as heels. Um, I think, yeah. I think the Gargano interference with the ref shirt, I think the only way it would have worked as a play would be if Candice had won the title. Like, it just sort of it came out with the ref shirt, ref came round, Eo got clocked with a title and then, then still won. And I'm a bit like, well, what was the point in yeah. the Gargano running? And I it, mean, what was weird is because the ref was shouting at him, give, give me back my shirt. But yeah, like, you were well, wearing, you're, you're wearing shirt. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's not yours. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I think it made, it was, for me, it was, it was probably the worst match of the night, even though it was still a good match. And I think most of my feelings on the match came from, running that just didn't need to be there or make much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Candy's not winning it. That yeah. Seemed, if, yeah. If Candice had won it, I'd have been annoyed. I'd have been vexed. I'd have been like, what the hell? This is ridiculous. I'd have had all the emotions that that running should have given me. Instead, I were a bit like, what a point. Yeah. Didn't achieve nothing. Um, but I have to give shout outs as well. For me, I think Io Shirai is right up there among some of the best women wrestler in, in wrestling today. I have to say. I think she's amazing. Yes. Um, yes. Right now as well, like she's on such a good run and she's performing so well. Um, Against yeah, everybody. She's up there. Yeah, it doesn't matter she's, who. She's putting yeah. on banger after banger after banger, you know? Um, and she's yeah. not the biggest, but 
like she seems like a legit badass. Like you know mm-hmm. that she can hold her own against anybody on the roster. I like, she should, she's not got she doesn't fear anything. She's yeah, I enjoy exactly it. like when she got inserted into that Charlotte Rhea match. She yeah. wasn't out of place. Yeah, you know? she didn't. She wasn't lost in amongst you know with the hype that had been over those two. At no point did I think she'd come out of it as champion, but there she is. And she's there. Yeah, but for how long? Because yeah. at the end of the match, first of all, we get a big, big screed appear of Tony Storm, congratulating her and saying that she's back. Nice to see Tony Storm back. I'm a big Tony Storm fan. Um, if that's leading to EO Tony Storm, take my money. I'm all up for it. And then when you thought that wasn't enough, Ember Moon appeared too. So Ember yes. is back. I thought Ember, the way she was talking is that Ember was retired. Like pretty much I thought she was done the way she was talking. Uh, I mean, yeah. do you think it was a bit overkill having them both come out at the same time though? Or you just pleased to see them both? I'm personally like really sort of pleased to see them both because, well, we'll obviously go into our sort of draft predictions later on in the podcast. But mm. I do think some people, especially on the female side of the talent, will be moving up to sort of the main roster because they're in need of it. So I think to bring some new blood, especially for EO, whether it's a triple threat if they go both at the same time or individually one at a time and get Ember sort of say racking wins and then just putting Tony and EO straight together they've just got more possibilities it's more you're really excited for the future now you've seen both of them more than like worried initially it's more like okay there's a good what three four months of planning at least with them three uh for NXT yeah. program I mean it could yeah. mean that maybe some of the women's division of NXT is going to get moved around you know bringing two in freeze up some space maybe with a draft coming um yeah it's definitely shook things up a bit in a good way um and yeah, I think Ember coming back. Bit disappointed that she's left the main roster, but I get it because she, she's kind of got that th- sense of every time she's been somewhere, she's got injured. But when she was in NXT, she was a you know she were she was doing well, she was fit, she was healthy. Probably a good thing to put her back. Mm, Tony Storm, I like her, but they've just massively weakened the NXT UK division. Because she sort of, Kaylee Ray is good, but Tony Storm was the women's division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. We have to see what, maybe they've made some additions. You never know. Mm. Um, but no, I'm really pleased. So I, w- I was really pleased to see Tony Storm and then to see Ember. I'm guessing, so Ember, like, I didn't realize it was going to be Ember that was doing all them promos and stuff. So, which was quite cool because everyone was like, oh, Joe's going back to NXT. It might be Bo Dallas. Turns out to be Ember Moon at the end of it. Um, but it'd be interesting to see because, I, I don't know, Tony Storm didn't really make a play for the title. She just said that she's back. Um, Ember Moon kind of did a stare out. So be interesting to see what's next because either Io Shirai versus Tony Storm or Io Shirai versus Ember Moon. Take my money all day. Take my money all day. Um, and then the main one. The oh, yeah. Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly. Now, I knew this was going to be good. I think everyone knew it was going to be good. But that good? Like, oh. It exceeded high expectations that I already had. Uh, in my view. Um, it felt like I was watching, uh, like, Daniel Bryan when he was Bryan Danielson. Ring of Honor stuff. You know? Yeah. 
And I saw so, that tweeted a lot. Like, they just beat the hell out of each other. I knew it was going to be a good match, but I was also thinking so soon after Balor versus Thatcher, which was, in my opinion, Balor's best match in a long time, mm-hmm. just watching them just smash each other's pieces. I was a bit like, mm, is it too soon after that? But then I watched it and I was just like, just just let me watch it again. Like, just as It was just, everything just worked. They just let them go and they just beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fantastic to watch. Kyle O'Reilly's like missing teeth now and Finn's yeah. being checked for like facial injuries. I think it only surprises people that sort of think Kyle O'Reilly's just a tag team, you know, specialist. You know, that's that's the only people it's going to surprise. People that know or have seen sort of Kyle wrestle, whether it's, you know, we're on the Indies or an NXT, they kind of know he can do this kind of match. So that's why for some people it isn't a surprise and it's probably even exceeded expectations, as you said. But for those surprise reactions that you've probably seen on Twitter, they're those people that just thought of him as a tag team, you know, participant when he's obviously way more than that. And I was having actually this conversation with Damo yesterday. It's going to be interesting now how they faction the Undisputed Era moving forward, whether it's obviously within NXT or whether it's Raw or SmackDown, because if Kyle's doing these kind of performances, do you just want to throw him back into, you know, a tag team mm. specialist? And how legitimised? So it's it's definitely a lot of questions moving forward, but it's definitely, you know, risen his stock. Yeah. Like 10 times. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, because Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, obviously, were already clear, good single stars. And now that O'Reilly's obviously reminded people exactly who the hell he is like you watch him from ring of honor and stuff like this is what kyle o'reilly's like capable of um and yeah as you say how do they put him back in a tag match with you know bobby fish against brizango no disrespect to brizango or anything but kyle o'reilly's kind of stepped up now that you're going to expect to see him in more singles action you know um i think because of his performance it makes like if they're gonna stay as a tag team they have to change to Raw or SmackDown simply because what a refresh that would be for the tag team divisions that are not the best on both shows. Like... So do you think maybe they, you know, because obviously there was the bit at the end with Rich Holland carrying a beat up Adam Cole and dumped mm. him all out. Do you think that maybe just some of, of Undisputed Era get called up? Or do you think they called up the whole thing? Do you think now would be the time to split them? I think call them up but not necessarily an instant. Like, I think they might have a, a thing where Cole maybe goes back and, fin- you know, unfinished business. Like, they usually, you know, they usually get taken out before they move to another show. They don't just go, oh, well, I'm off, bye. There's always some beat up. And I think Cole will get his beat up and then move up. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they're going to have to, like, do this Ridge Holland angle that they've done. Um his name yeah. annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> he is Luke as well. from Leeds. <laughs> He's Ridge Holland. <laughs> his name is Luke. How dare he? He's from Leeds. <laughs> I've met his grandma. <laughs> but it's good to see him getting obviously a half decent push too. Yeah, know? I don't, um, I don't even know if this if it is his grandma. Um but he 
being from Leeds, um, he wrestled at a couple of local shows, and one of the shows he was like in a match, and there was this old lady. She was living for it, um. So I just assume that it's his grandma. She was she was insane, but yeah, Luke, not Ridge. Luke from Ridge. But what would you give it out of ten as a whole show? Out of ten, or yeah. what? Yeah, um, I'd go with a solid seven. I know that might seem bad, but I think it, it, this is comparison to the the whole of Takeovers, which they've set a high standard. So mm. I'm not saying it's up there as like the best ones, but it's definitely not the worst. So I think a good solid seven for me. I'm gonna go six. Ooh. Simply the few bits that I didn't enjoy that I was like, "What's point?" Just took it down for me. And that's the thing is that, like as Stretchy just said, like the ten out of ten ones, when you go yeah. back, they are seriously good shows. Like, you know, the ones that have achieved ten out of ten. So it's very difficult when you're judging it on the level that Takeover has set itself. But yeah, yeah. I would I, I kind of have it in the seven to eight kind of ballpark because it was very good. It's the best one they've done per like post COVID, I think. Um but they've set the bar so so high. So mm-hmm. so high. But it was all good. Right. So then um, we moved on to Raw last night, which was uh, interesting. Um, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what's going on because half of SmackDown are kind of on Raw. And, yeah. Me and Strassi were discussing this. Yeah. Like uh, the draft yeah, is still doing a draft. You know? So last night there were five SmackDown superstars on Raw, I think, <laughs> counted. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I want to see what they do with with Fiend and and Owens. Like, I think that was for me, big part, big plus of Raw. But why is why is Fiend there? Like, you know why? Um, I don't understand. Is it from the Kevin Owens show that he did with Bliss? Yeah, and then Fiend has answered, whatever. And then Braun Strowman just rocking around in unsanctioned matches. Yeah. I. J- I... Good luck. Yeah, like, who like just resorted to twenty four seven. It just know. basically waters down the whole draft, though. This whole like, because yeah. it's not the whole point of this is to be like, oh wow, think of the new matchups. They haven't been on this, you know, particular <laughs> brand. But if they're just generally going on it anyway, like, what's the point? You eat, like again, it's just waters down something they're trying to hype up it's like they're making like their sort of booking and you know their lives a lot worse by just doing what they're doing at the moment instead of making it a big deal about oh so and so is going to this particular brand like braun going to going to raw is not going to be a big deal since he's pretty much been there you know for the past few weeks especially with underground so i think this was his fourth week on raw yeah because he turned up first for the raw underground and then he's just sort of never left Nope. <laughs> and he's not been back on SmackDown since. No. See, because I had uh, Kevin Owens going to SmackDown, which I still think will be a thing. But I was saying today that yeah. I get maybe why people are thinking Fiend or why maybe he's appearing on Raw. Because if Roman's like the big dog heel there that he's clearly doing, is the Fiend going to get lost in that shuffle a little bit? Can you have two main event heels like that that can share time? Probably not. Um, especially when you've got such the sort of mid-card like Sheamus's and Corbin's and stuff on SmackDown, you know? I think if they keep the Fiend out of the title picture, it wouldn't 
be an issue him staying because I think as Bray Wyatt, obviously that that character is meant to be a face. Like you meant, like, oh look, this one's a kid show, blah blah blah. It's the hidden monster. Um, because I think if they move Bray, they have to move Alexa, and then they take Alexa out of that thing with Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans, mm-hmm. or they just take her out of it altogether. And then I'm like, well, what's the last month of storyline being for? Mm-hmm. But then WWE. Um, oh, yeah, whereas Maggie, you move Maggie you move Maggie Kevin Owens. Tagging with Dana Brooke now, like she's never been with Otis at all. So yeah. Whereas if you move Kevin Owens to SmackDown, okay, yeah, he's gone from the Alistair Black side of things. Unless they take Alistair Black, but they're the only two that that storyline's affected by moving. Like they're not leaving somebody else on Raw. Like going, well, what do I do? What do I do now? Um, so I think it makes more sense for do you Owens think they're to start using the Fiend to start something with Alistair Black because obviously Alistair Black attacked Owens at the end of the promo that he had. I have to say, I thought the promo between Owens and Bray was really, really good. Um, yeah. Um, it, it made a lot of sense. I think it is leading to something with Alistair Black because Kevin Owens asking Alexa Bliss questions on the KO show on SmackDown was also he could learn what's wrong with Alistair Black. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's all tying imagine. in. Yeah, yeah. Scary. Would be scary. Um, but yeah, I, I had Owens going to SmackDown. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that because the thing is, the only other thing, like you see... You know, Roman Reigns, obviously, champ. Who's the next face to face him? That's why they're using the Uso. Who is up there that, as a face, could go for the title, like, legitimately? They don't really have anyone. They don't have Yeah, in this, in this whole, you know, COVID period, if you really think about it, most of the major angles or pop superstars or going for the title has generically been healed, apart from Drew, really, if you mm-hmm. think about it. And it's just, it's easier to convey, you know, heels without a crowd um naturally because you don't have the reaction if that makes sense they can do it without the necessarily the the booze to go along with it they can just carry on doing what they're doing whereas the faces it's a lot more harder to get over and i think i said it last time i was on the podcast um you know unless they read twitter or whatever how do they know if they turn someone face how it's that's even gonna come across well if that makes, it's like being a heel you just do heel things but being a face i feel you need that more validation that you know they're on your side and without the crowd it is a lot more difficult so that's why you probably have to include family stories or things like that just to kind of in the writer's mind yes they definitely are the face when it goes into the uh, contest this uh, leads me to a post i was having a, a whatsapp discussion with a friend of mine saying that do you think maybe this era now because they do it in obviously different eras do you think heel and face is finished do you think maybe they stop trying to push one as a face one as a heel but with just with the way people support who they support, you know, like I'm now big on Roman Reigns and I kind of will cheer him in a way because of the heel actions, which is kind of defeating the point. I don't want to boo him. I want to, I want him to continue it. It's like when Jinder was champ, I loved it because it's like proper hate him. Do you know what I mean? Like, but you love it at the same time that when JBL was champ, I bloody loved it because he was such a weasel and you're like, Oh my God. But you love it. So do you think now we've just come full circle where heel and face doesn't work anymore? And maybe yes. you just book whoever? Because controversial opinion from me here. Oh. I don't oh. I, I don't like Drew anymore. Mm. I'm bored of him. Oh like just he's too goody two shoes. Like he's you know, his thing with Randy Orton. I want Randy Orton to punt his head in and take the title. <laughs> I just I'm like 
I'm bored of him being, oh, look at me, I'm your champion, yay. No, that's not the Drew I want. I want dirty heel Drew kicking the crap out of people again. Like when he came along with Ziggler and just claymored people. Like, okay, yeah, when he won the title as the face against Brock, fantastic. All for it, but it's got water down and I'm bored. But do you think it's because there's no other faces? This is, I think, this is the whole, like if you really think like top tier, if you put the top of the card, because obviously Roman's not the face anymore. So Drew has pretty much taken Roman's place in terms of a face, which you'd like to think people that have obviously grown up with the Attitude Era and things like that are now sick of Drew. Like your feelings, what you're feeling is what we all felt of Roman, you know, whenever it's a year ago. And what I just... felt of Kofi. And yeah, and it's just rinse repeat. Like if you think of all the faces. The, the face lifespan is definitely a lot shorter than a heel lifespan so it's just kind of and you know with obviously who they're targeting to you yeah. do need a face and unfortunately drew's the face i, I it think it's because when someone is the face the front down our necks like when it's not a natural like they want them to be everything they want us to think they're invincible they want us to want to buy their stuff and it's just like Ugh. please just let me think for myself. Well, that's but it. yeah. It shoved down the necks to make you buy stuff, innit? But yeah. then on the other side, like wrestling fans like us, like the Kofi thing, that was just a hype. And when he beat, was it Kevin Owens, I think? It was at that point, I'm like, I'm done with this. All right, Kofi, you've had your five minutes, you know? Mm. And I do get what you're saying with the Drew thing. Like, I was really hyped. I, I think what hasn't helped Drew is the lack of crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That hasn't helped because I think the crowd would have been banging to it at WrestleMania, beating Brock Lesnar. There would have been hype all through this summer, probably going into Royal Rumble season still as champ. But yeah, I said and... at the beginning, like the work Orton is doing now and the way the shows are, definitely I think they should put the belt on Orton. Because it I could think this al- is some of Orton's best work. It yes. could also be the lack of real rival to him like it's him and Orton he's beaten he's, he's beaten Orton twice he's got a third match against him why there's nothing to prove he's beaten him twice mm-hmm. like there's nothing left but if Orton's not in the title picture who's the next big heel on on Raw yeah Rollins yeah. and he's already beaten Rollins exactly yeah. Yeah. you just recycle that but, again but Rollins in his current state is just mid card which he's is not why a maybe man. a move for Fiend or even Roman back to Raw. Like, that's not, is, you know. I've not got it in my predictions, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Roman go to Raw, Orton go to SmackDown, and then Orton win at Hell in a Cell to swap the titles. Yeah, they could do that. Yeah, they could do that. They could do that. I could see that. Whoever's got number one pick, I said before, Roman will go number one. Yeah. Whoever's picking first will pick Roman Reigns. And so yeah. then that will sort of, I think, will then decide if my if my predictions go good or bad. Um, that because I don't know who's number one is the only reason I've not put Roman as one of my predictions when it comes to my prediction time. Yeah, because yeah, like, if we knew who went first, I think they pick Roman Reigns, you know? Yeah. And then I think whoever picks second splits up Bailey and Sasha. You know, like I think those two are like, I, th- I think one and two. Like, so it'll be interesting to see whoever picks first. But as it's on SmackDown, I think the assumption is it might be SmackDown. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, one last bit before we get onto your predictions in full. <laughs> Mustafa Ali. Yes. Uh, I Quick shout out for the, the knee that 
Buddy Murphy did to Humberto oh. Carrillo, by the way. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, watch that. Um, yeah, I love the way they're booking Buddy Murphy, by the way. I agree. Yeah, oh I was just like, I, It's yeah. a weird storyline, but they're making, but I like it's making Buddy Murphy look really good, to be honest. So yeah. And if this leads to like a Rollins Murphy match. I think that would be great. Like, I like what Rollins is doing. Obviously, he's going to take some time off to go and play dad soon. Isn't he? Like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so he's putting guys over. He's done great work with Dominic. He's doing great work now with Murphy. If it leads to Rollins v. Murphy, I think that'd be great. Because if you think back, like, some of Buddy Murphy's matches with Alistair Black, like, good oh, So good. So like, good. You never got bored of seeing that. They booked that to death. And you'd still want to watch him, you know? Um, and I think watching Murphy against Humberto like just shows how good he is. Um, but interesting to see, like, because obviously I don't want Dominic to be the one that gets lost in this, though, because like, I want to see who Dominic's going to fight next. You know, I want I want him to move on. Um, but yeah, interesting to see. I love the way. Yeah. But the knee, by the way, Ooh. Ooh. Took his head off, took his head off. And, just um, a quick thing, yeah. sorry. Can I just yeah. sort of thing with the whole Buddy Murphy thing? I think the reason why again we're liking him, it goes back to even the topic we were saying before. The way faces are getting over, or what we're cheering for, are the underdog. It started from the Daniel Bryan and it's carried on ever since. But when they've done what they've needed to do, whether it's beat over their rival or win the title, that's when sort of the descent goes over. It's like we've cheered them up to that point, and then it kind of goes downhill. So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, with Murphy and Rollins when. That obviously goes over, and you'd like to think Murphy will go over. What's his next step after that? Because again, it could easily go into obscurity after that. Mm, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like that's what they need to be careful with Dominic and stuff. You know? Yeah, because Seth Rollins has worked so hard at getting them over. When Rollins isn't there, it's what they do next. You know, because I think a lot of it, the problem at the minute is everyone's like, "Wow, Rollins is working really good with these guys." And well, we kind of need to see what them guys are doing away from Rollins, you know? Um, and also, like, the, the other bit of Raw, the bit that upset me the most, the pointless Keith Lee, Braun Strowman thing. Like, what was, I didn't, what was the point of that? See, they, that's what I don't get at the minute with WWE. They do something so well, like they've done this whole Rollins, Mysterio, Murphy stuff. And then there's that. Like, it was like, what, a minute? A minute, and it was a double count out, and... Ugh. They built it up. So Braun had the big video package and they built this out like it's the biggest thing ever. It's an exhibition match. It doesn't count. It's not sanctioned. But if it didn't count in its exhibition, he still hit him with a double count out after a minute. Like, yeah. Ah, this is where and they get it wrong for me, you know? It's almost like they were trying to tease us with, look at how good this match could be. You know you want this. Yeah. And all the will go, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Like so if they started the yeah. build up and if they'd never put them in the ring together like if they'd gone you want the match tough and i wanted it more than putting them in a match and going <laughs> you're out after 10 seconds yeah with no build as well like yeah, when yeah. you thought keith lee's going up to the main roster quote-unquote main roster you're thinking of all the different matchups and braun would be up there yeah. so when just to be just given it like that it was kind of like okay fair enough people like surprises but it was like not that kind of surprise like that is definitely something you could easily build to and could last you know couple of pay-per-views at least and Braun so, yeah. is a smackdown guy yeah you know they could <laughs> let, at least let keith lee go through the raw roster first you know um yeah i, I don't it's utterly pointless like what that what the hell that was like yeah we want to see keith lee born Strowman. all about it you sign me up like i popped hard when it was like him lesnar and and Strowman in the ring like yeah oh, do you know what i mean like oh my god i want to see all these matches and then they've just kind of ruined it 
I, I don't know. It just uh, is weird. It was weird. And then it followed in with that weird trivial pursuit thing that Bianca Belair was doing. Like, what? what? I don't know. I don't even know what that was. It was like the weirdest so, little section. The vignettes always came before the debut. She's been on for on Raw for, what, two months, three months? Yeah. Why all of a sudden are we now learning about these vignettes that make no sense? Well, that she proved that she's the smartest. Is it like a character change? Like she didn't yeah. need a character change. There's nothing wrong with Bianca Belair. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I, just, it, I think it just yeah. shows, to me, how well down in NXT, you know, like Triple H and Shawn yeah. Michaels and everyone else and like handles their superstars and the characters they create. And the main roster just has no idea. Mm. You know, they don't need to change some people. Like Bianca Belair was one of them we didn't need to change. Um, then there was the standard R-Truth losing and winning his title back. Ugh. I love R-Truth, but can we just like give it to Gulak and let Truth go away for a bit? Or give it to Tazawa? Just I want somebody else involved now. Like there, it's overkill for me now. I love our truth to death. I'm just How over many it, range you know? now. I think it's fifty. Like 50, it's a fifty sign. Yeah. That's, like uh, the thing is, it's it's just forty two. I've just checked forty two. <laughs> and it's just not funny. Like the gulag coming out of the <laughs> the gulag into the bin though was quite funny. Like I just don't want to see truth keep winning it back. Like leave it with somebody else for a little bit. I don't know. It's just. Just become such a meme in it. Um, Let's yeah. have some actual matches for it. Some uh, sometime, just a, an actual match, not like one of yeah. these where oh they're gonna have a match in the ring. The twenty four seven rules are off. Seven seconds later, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they did when Elias had it that time and stuff. And yeah, yeah, just. Uh, just <laughs> but yeah. then, of course, the the big part of the night. So the big part, the bit that I wanted to get to, um, other than you know the women's tag stuff. Obviously, been built through the night was MVP sort of trying to recruit members of Apollo and Ricochet, and they were teasing that maybe it was Ricochet. Um, we will give a little mention to Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, absolutely squashing the right squad. They put up a fight, but they did get squashed. Um, and then, so all through the night, there was teasing this, and it looked like Ricochet might do, and this, that, and the other. And then Ricochet was like, no. And then Mustafa Ali was like, want to fight MVP, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then obviously the, the, the heel turn, Mustafa Ali become the leader, is the leader of retribution. Who would have thought of this <laughs> like a few weeks ago? <laughs> like, it's, so what's got me is they had this hacker storyline going on for so long mm-hmm. and then they just were like, right, that's done. We're done with that. And then yeah. the retribution angle started and we're a bit hackery, but, but it was a different storyline what that hacker was. I don't you think know. this was going to be the, the way they'll end that up is that the hacker was creating retribution. I feel like we've had early. too much since they stopped the hacker storyline to make that come back and make sense. But it's definitely the same storyline. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I, like, I, I'm glad that Mustafa Ali is doing something and it's a really good spot in the roster for him, something that he deserves. I just don't understand why they did the whole hacker build-up, because everybody's like, it's Mustafa Ali, it's Mustafa Ali. And then Mustafa Ali's moved to Raw, and the hacker thing's over, and I'm like, oh, okay, I would would enjoy it. And it had its own Twitter account and everything, and it was really good. Yeah. And now this. I'm guessing it's going to be what that hacker thing was. 
Because WWE on BT Sport tweeted out saying Ali leads Retribution hack. Uh, that was mm. what the tweet said. But yeah, I mean, obviously this was what they wanted Ali for. I mean, as you say, I'm all for it. Mustafa Ali, more TV time, main event kind of thing at the minute. Do it. He deserves a shot. Seeing that he just asked for his release too, like a month ago, they clearly obviously want him to stay because if this is like the, yeah. okay, no stay, we'll give you this. Um, yeah, I thought it, I, I'm happy for him. It'd be interesting to see what happens next and how they build on it. Um, because that's quite a group of wrestlers they got together in that attribution though, like from a performance point. Yeah, um, even some of the NXT people in the group, mm-hmm. like you think, so that's why you kind of think again, similar to what we're discussing about with obviously Undisputed Era and stuff. Like, what's the ceiling with the Retribution and now Mustafa Ali? Are we going to send it, you know, obviously sort of mid card now and then eventually to the top card? It's just, and then the longevity of it as well. You know, I can't, for some reason, I can't see this lasting very long. Fair enough, uh, say a good sort of three, four, five months, but this time next year are we still going to be talking about Mustafa Ali and Retribution probably not so it's just what's he kind of going to achieve in sort of you know say a six month window it'll be kind of interesting to see again with someone who asked for her at least a few weeks ago to now be put in this prominent position yeah yeah like as I say this is probably the most interested I've been in the storyline with now with Ali taking sort of charge of it I'm not going to lie um there are probably some dots that you can make, like maybe the hacker being Ali and he's taught retribution how to turn switches on and off to interrupt a broadcast. Um, but this is the most interested I've been in the story. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, like that's like an actual someone and that feels like a group and that's a bit of a big heel turn. Um, and then obviously the main event, which was Randy Orton, Rude and Ziggler versus Drew and the Street Profits. I actually thought it was an amazing match. I want to give props to the main event because like, I thought it was over and then that main event come. The only thing, like, I, I know I dig on him every week. Hawkins, Dor- Dor- Hawkins, Dawkins looks out of his depth when he's in matches like this for me. Like, it really stands out that Second Street Profit just isn't good enough, you know? Um, yeah, for he's me. good, but he's not, that t- he's not that level. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, think, I think the other five made, made it very aware. He looks very outmatched when compared to everyone else, you know? Does... I think as a tag team, Montez is too is too far up. Like if Montez wasn't as good, then Dawkins wouldn't look as bad and they'd actually be a really good tag team. Whereas I'm like, make him a single star. But at the same time, don't split him up because they do that to every tag team. Yeah. And like the reason I mentioned that is, do you think they should have swapped it? Like the main event should have been Ali's reveal and then have that six-man match before? Do you think it was a little bit because of the Ali thing being the moment and then you had this match and you were like, oh, well. It would have been a great way to end Raw. Like the, there's a gif that was posted out by Ali where he's posted and it's him with his hand up and then the lights go out. That would have been a great way to end Raw. They've come out, destroyed everybody. Boom. He's hacked the show again. We've done it. (laughs) We've brought it back to the hack. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think overall it was it was an all right raw. Like it was all right. It's the best uh, raw last month in my eyes. But and I still would only give it a five out of ten, which says a lot yeah. for how the last month has been. As as I would <laughs> give it more than five. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a, it's because a, like, the thing that gets me like pinning a trash can, a cure in a trash can, just 
kill that. I know the Seth saga's moved on, but like, I don't want the Mysterio family there. They're annoying me now. Like, why would they still be here week after week if Seth's now fighting yeah. with Seth, uh, buddy? You know, like, yeah, I know, Ke- I know this Kevin Owens brain is exciting, but ugh, <laughs> like Kevin Owens just having to be thrown into random things just feels annoying. Like, why is he moving into this brain thing when he still hasn't finished with Alistair Black and? Ugh, the, as you said, as you said, like the board strum and the little awareness it for the draft, you know. You just kind yeah. of get the feeling that it's either a, like even though they obviously haven't announced it, a they've got a, a lack of superstars available through one reason or another, or they it's it just doesn't come across that they've got this wide range of you know superstars on offer to choose and pick from because it's kind of the same. 25 30 people just rotating between the shows when i thought the whole point of this and again when it hopefully comes to the draft is that's one roster that's another roster but no they still don't learn the lesson and they still merge the two the only thing i can think of is that between the tv contracts it does say that you know all superstars at some point or especially the top tier ones has to you know be on the other show even if it's for one week out of eight or something you know that's the only thing i can think of because again they're skipping by storylines on their own show just to do something on the other show. It just, yeah, blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, yeah, it's a draft on Friday. And yeah, as you say, five people have smacked down on Raw. I think, um, yeah. I don't know. But that wasn't news. I think the most shocking thing of the week was Braun Strowman calling the father of his former tag team partner a moron. <laughs> are we going to get a Nicholas Hilton who's going to turn on his dad yeah 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 can you imagine Nicholas come back and beat up his dad who's a moron dairy. right the bit that everyone's been waiting for is prediction time now some of the forfeits that have been mentioned will oh, we'll, God. We'll, we'll save them for the winner um, we'll save it for the winner uh, but yeah, yeah Damo you're down first right. six picks Start with SmackDown, then do Raw, and then we'll do Stratzy. Right, so I have going to SmackDown. The Undisputed Era. Kevin Owens. Why? 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 Do you want why as well? The Undisputed Era, because I think SmackDown needs a couple of single stars, which you've got in potentially three of them, but also it needs a good tag team, whether it be tag team as a duo, a tag team as a free bird, whatever it is. And I think Undisputed Era tick a lot of boxes. And I think you put them on Raw and I don't see a place for them at the moment. Put them on SmackDown and I can I could see Adam Cole being in the main events. I could see Kyle O'Reilly going for Intercontinental. I can see them having a tag team against Cesaro and Shinsuke because I think that's run its course. You know, there's a few spots for them. So that's why I'm going Undisputed Era to SmackDown. Okay. Kevin Owens. Because I don't, yes, because I don't see the fiend going to Raw, okay. and I think they need to move him for the storyline to make any sense. As a, these are our rosters. Rhea Ripley, because I think she's got nothing left on NXT. I just don't see a spot for her, and I think putting her on SmackDown, she's a new contender in that sort of women's title. And I think she'd fit Smash up. Right, yeah. I don't think this is going to be an immediate thing, but I think he'll be drafted and then we'll have a build-up. Velveteen Dream. Ooh. Because, again, take him off TV for a bit, yep, and then build him to come back. And I think he suits that sort of what SmackDown's become with the, the sort of some of the superstars we've got, be it the Sami Zayn's, the um, AJ Styles, the Hardys, you know, 
not the biggest of stars, but people who are good workers. Mm-hmm. And I think he could. I think it'd be a good refresh for him to get him somewhere else doing something a bit different. The returning Charlotte Flair, she'll be drafted to SmackDown. Ooh. I don't know where she's actually rostered at the minute, somewhere, but she will go. Oh, I think she she'll go to SmackDown. He's raw, yeah. She's raw. Um, and then my final pick is the next big face for the Roman Reigns storyline angle, a certain Samoan, Mr. Joe. Ooh. I think Joe is going to kill you, the face, for Roman Reigns, someone that's a legitimate threat to him, that'll have a few back and forth for a few months. But I think we get Joe off of the commentary table now, because as good as he is, Joe needs to be kicking ass. Yeah, like he's going to be a commentator later. Can we see him fight a little bit more? Yes. Because I said, like, if they are... If the plan is Rock reigns at, at WrestleMania, Joe is perfect over the winter. Exactly. To, to fill the Uso gap. You know, I'm assuming he'll fight the other Uso, then maybe Joe step in. Yeah, I can see Joe being the guy over the sort of Royal Rumble period that fights Roman. Now, for Raw. Smackdown in the book. Yeah, Raw. Hit, hit us up. New Deer. Wow. Because I think they're just a bit... Water down and boring now. Like they had to, oh, Big E's big singles push never happened. Get them off the show, get them to Raw, let them do something a bit different. Take the titles off of the Street Profits if they have to, because it'll give some legitimacy. It's a really good tag team that can carry the division, have a bit of fun, bring something back. Done. New day. Sheamus. Again, I don't really, he's not really got much of a point on SmackDown. Take him to Raw if they're keeping the title on Drew. Sheamus and Drew works. Beautiful mm-hmm. feud. Mm hmm. Yeah, it would. Again, over, over a winter bit, period, yeah. Bit of grit, bit of determination. It'll give me something to watch. Jeff Hardy, because I don't see any other reason why they take the Intercontinental title off of him if they're not planning on trading him. And it could be, you know, some new matchups for somebody because Hardy will go anywhere. Like, you know, you know you're going to get a good match from him, good feud, and I think... I don't see much use for him anymore on SmackDown. Yeah. Call up, up slash move along for the Garganos. You think, I think both? Yes. Because Ooh. I only th- I didn't, I thought just Johnny, but then Candice didn't win and I'm like, okay, maybe both. Because they like to keep husbands and wives together. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I did have it originally as Dream to Raw, Gargano to SmackDown. But I think putting Candice as the next thing for Asuka, maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Um, I've then got Braun, because he might as well be there anyway. Yeah. Like he's he's been there for a month, so that's my draft <laughs> pick. Like, I don't... I, I'm pretty sure that's a dead cert. And my final pick is Bailey. Ah. Separate, separate Banks and Bailey. I think Banks is going to win the title, um, and I think Bailey will be drafted to Raw, because... I don't. I think she's done everything there is to do on SmackDown. Yeah. No, she has. I say I have Sasha going to Raw, not winning the team mm-hmm. myself. But yeah, I think them splitting up. I think that's a really good shout. Um, I don't think she's going to win it this week. By the way, I think it'll be at Hell in a Cell. I think they'll have a rematch then, and she'll take it then. But yeah, I could see if they're going to if they're going to take the belt off Bailey, now would be the time. Yeah. While Sasha's in this, but I hate face Sasha. I hate it. They're pretty good picks, actually. Some surprising ones. But yeah, I, I could see all of them. You give good reasons. Right. I did originally have um, Rollins for SmackDown, but then I remembered that he's going to be taking time off. And I think when he comes back from dad duties, 
then it'll be a SmackDown superstar. Right. You go and be Roman Reigns' phone, maybe. Because he'll yeah. come back as a face being a dad and Becky Lynch thing. You know? Yeah. So may as well milk what they can now. Right. I like it. Stratzy, no pressure then. No pressure. There is some similarities and some same uh, superstars that we've mentioned, but I've done opposites. So yeah, yeah. See, we'll same. Be... Like I, I've got Rhea and Kevin Owens on my SmackDown one. Um, ah, see. See, I've oh. got those. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I did that. Um, I could see that. And Geo said Velveteen Dream as well. So yeah, like, see where our brains are at. <laughs> Definitely a lot more NXT callers, which <laughs> that, I think because I think the whole because of so many sort of shared shows, Raw and SmackDown, they kind of go what they want. The whole NXT moving up feels new, if that kind of mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'll start with SmackDown first. Um, I've gone for Charlotte Flair uh, going to SmackDown, not to Raw. So yeah, went to put SmackDown. I just feel I don't know. You know when there's some superstars where it suits a brand more. I've just got Charlotte going in there, and I just think she will work better. Um, they can do the usual four horsewomen thing eventually, mm. whatever. But they do always you look. Think, to put obviously, them. like there's going to be a lot more picks than six. But do you think that ends up with Andrade going to SmackDown then if she goes? Yeah, um, probably eventually. Yeah, I mean, I haven't put him as down as one, yeah, but no, like, I, 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 I kind of make so. And also, he needs something kind of new and fresh to go on as Especially, well. Especially yeah, so if they are splitting Zelina and him, like for yeah, good. yeah. One of them probably needs to move it up. Because he's doing nothing now, is he? Nothing. Correct. No, yeah. nothing. nothing at all. Um, I've got Ricochet going over to SmackDown. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I think Ricochet needs something new. Um, I think he's kind of done all the kind of mid to low tier matches that he can on Raw. And I just think, again, SmackDown for me feels a lot more fast paced. I don't know if it's the two hours compared to the three hours, but it definitely seems more, the matches that do go on is more fast paced, which again then suits his style um i think a lot more personally um so yeah um i've got the, actually the undisputed era i was talking i was speaking to damo i didn't know whether just to do adam cole or undisputed era in what i was alluding to before earlier in the podcast about what you do you do with carla riley after that big kind of main event but i've gone with all of undisputed era to go to smackdown um i've gone johnny gargano and candice LeRae, both of them going to smackdown also um uh well, i'm trying to think of uh, the order that i've put in keith lee uh no one's mentioned that i think he'll go over to smackdown um oh, really? the, 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 how i came up to that actually was based off last night actually i was thinking why did they rush the whole braun um keith lee and i think it was more of a tease of not initially because obviously i'm gonna eventually put braun onto raw um but i think it was more of a tease of okay let's quickly have their little moment you know look at the spectacular thing that's just happened separate to keith lee i think can go straight into challenging roman a legitimate challenger as well um and keith lee is a face right and yeah. i think smackdown needs a top tier face especially going against roman so mm. um i think that was kind of my line of thinking because again after the usos what's a sort of a top tier face you can put him against and i Ended up with Keith Lee, I know, obviously, Damon went with Samoa Joe, but I think Keith Lee is someone that's ready to go kind of thing, and it, he definitely wouldn't look out of pace. Um, and my last pick, um, the draft always loves changing uh, titles, especially mid-tier titles. So I've put the whole of the Hurt business uh, to go over to SmackDown, uh, obviously. Smackdown. See, with I, I toyed with that title. because, you know, at the minute they're money and 
Fox like whoever's making money. Do you know what I mean? Hence why I think exactly. they took The Fiend like last time. I don't think it was ever a SmackDown thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, because I toyed with that. But Yeah, they love a mid-tier because like, they won't... <laughs> I suppose they could change the top titles so move Drew and Roman around. But I think they always love moving at title and obviously you can't just put one on one side and not the other. So I just think, yeah, Hurt Business and obviously Bobby with the US title to move over to SmackDown. And again, one of those looks, I think US title definitely suits SmackDown more than Raw. I don't know why. That's just a personal thing. No, um, I, can, I, I get that. Yeah, Intercontinental on Raw. Yeah. Because of the history, isn't it? Raw's the longest. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can so, get that. So yeah, my six for SmackDown, Charlotte Flair, Johnny Gargano, uh, Keith Lee, Ricochet, Hurt Business, and Undisputed Era. Um, and then... Big SmackDown roster then. Big SmackDown. So Raw gets Braun, um, naturally. Again, I think that's the gimme one, I think. At least get a point on the board, I think, is more that I'm worried about. (laughs) (laughs) Then, obviously, then, yeah, just to get a point, I think we'd be happy with one out of 12, I think, at this rate. Um... Uh, Sami Zayn, obviously naturally, because obviously if and um, if her business is moving over to SmackDown, with obviously the title, the other yeah. one got, gets go go over. So Sami Zayn goes over to Raw. Uh, Rhea Ripley, I've put her into uh, Raw as War. Now Asuka, I mean, who? What else is there really for Asuka? Obviously Asuka's not really part of now the Bailey Sasha Banks storyline too much, and obviously I think you kind of want to make it separate to show off obviously the women's division so i think you need someone in pretty immediately to challenge for uh asuka and i think mm-hmm. rhea ripley's definitely someone who's been in the limelight obviously for against charlotte flair at wrestlemania i just think it's someone who no one would really sort of sort of wonder why if you put you know rhea ripley straight to the top of the card against asuka and hey if rhea ripley even wins i don't think it's the worst thing in the world as much as you know asuka is by far in my opinion the best women's wrestler out there um aj styles needs a change so i've put him over to raw um oh and see i i thought about that because obviously paul Heyman's on smackdown and obviously yes no no love lost there is definitely not and i just think he's he should be doing much more and i'm not saying Jey Uso, uh, I just, I don't know. It was just kind of, out of all people, AJ Styles, like, I regard AJ Styles to be way up there. And to kind of, you know, send Jey Uso kind of go over him was kind of a big deal for me. And I didn't know, again, normally on a loss, they like to kind of move people around. So I just think... it would be good for Drew McIntyre, like, on Raw, maybe, if they just keep the belt on him. Yeah, well, again, it's someone new, and again, a Drew AJ match. You know, I'm sure Dave Meltzer would rate that at least over two stars. So yeah. you, know, you got to think uh, that's got to do some. Maybe, okay, so maybe, maybe. Um, as much as oh well, Company Man. As much as I don't like him, uh, King Corbin will go over to Raw as well. Um, I just think he suits the weird promos Raw does and obviously the extended three hours and, you know, the slow sort of matches. I just think it suits him a lot more than SmackDown, which Kai's and cram everything in two hours. Raw is definitely more so to King Corbin. And again, he's pretty much had all the mid-card feuds, I think, that he can uh, over on SmackDown. Um, And then my last one is Miz and Morrison. Um, Go over to Raw as well. Again, I just think the tag team thing is a mess personally in an ideal world you'd put all the tag teams in one sort of brand just to kind of legitimize it instead of just 
coming up with two random people and then just sticking tag titles on them. But yeah, I think Miz and Morrison, um, whether it's individually or as a pairing, um, you know, they would offer a lot more to Raw and storylines going forward. So yeah. So Braun, Sami Zayn, Rhea Ripley, AJ Styles, King Corbin, and Miz and Morrison. It's funny. There's quite there's quite a lot of similarities because I've got I've got Miz and Morrison and AJ Styles going to Raw too. Um, Geo's got Corbin going to Raw. It's funny, yeah. Dream Keith Lee to SmackDown. So you can see where everyone's heads are at. To be fair, like we're all gonna get this really really wrong, and we won't be able to ever do another <laughs> podcast again. Oh, we just, you know, the, the gods of wrestling. <laughs> God knows what my fans in Iran are going to think. Because, huh? <laughs> yeah, like Iran is apparently our most, outside of the US, the most downloaded country. So, you know, we're big in Iran, boys. Going worldwide. Yeah, you know I mean? worldwide, boys, worldwide. Right, there we have it. That is the draft. That is the review. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. I appreciate you taking time out of your out of your your days to to sit and chat bull, bullshit wrestling with me um geo is back next week for all of those that missed the bad phone signal and squeaky voice and until then <laughs> <laughs> I, I will catch you all later <laughs>